0: Welcome back to It's All Relative in our Daily Fantasy Edition. I'm your host, Megan, and tonight I'm joined by my brother, Steve. Our cousin, Brad, who usually joins us, is traveling this week, so we will miss Brad and his takes this week. But uh, we're going to walk through our weekly process um, for preparing for DraftKings and Daily Fantasy for Week 8. We're going to talk you know, um our core plays and tournament fades and pivots and just general strategy. So um thank you for joining us and let's jump right to it. So um Steve, how uh was your week seven and how are you doing tonight? Uh
1: week seven was okay and could have been great if I just didn't get too uh too cute. I um <laughs> early in the week I was really high on a Joe Burrow Tyler Boyd stack. Uh, just because I wanted a piece of that game. And, uh, you know, I, I liked what Burrow did the first go-around against Cleveland, and I thought it, it was reasonable that he could do it again. Once we got the news that Geo was in, uh, Jamal Williams for Green Bay, it allowed me to pivot more to uh, paint up at quarterback, which was fine if you're playing Kyler and, and even Russ Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I think it led me away from that game, and I just... Really didn't end up with any burrow and very little Boyd uh, just because I was able to spend up a little bit more at receiver and that turned sometimes that hit, uh, but it just didn't hit with the right combo to really have a big, uh, big win. So um, I, I think I reacted too much to some of the late news and it, uh, it set me back a little bit than had I stuck with my early uh, love for some of these players.
0: Sure. Yeah, I was similar. I had a profitable week, but definitely could have been bigger um, and, and didn't have enough of some of the pieces I liked early in the week. So that leads me to my question of kind of recapping week seven. Uh, you know, what are your lessons learned for how to handle this late news? Um, I, I know I kind of, some of my overreactions helped. I think I got more on Devonte Adams, but then some of my reactions to Sunday news, you know like you said pivoted away from things i like so i mean is there like i guess each week is its own beast how do you handle you know late news moving forward
1: boy you know it's tough i think um you know it, i i think you got to react to it some because right the the value that jamal williams and geo bernard opened up on that slate was huge especially when you had high priced receivers um, like Adams, like Lockett, uh, go off. Uh, some of the other ones didn't get there, which is what set mm-hmm. me back, guys like Metcalf, Hopkins, a few others. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it sometimes, you know, it looks a little too good. Uh, and and, pay, and again, paying up for some of those quarterbacks was absolutely the right thing to do. Um, Burrow and Herbert were just excellent plays as well if you were on them initially, like I, I was more before this late breaking news. So,
0: yeah, you definitely you know, were.
1: You still could have done it with with uh, playing Williams and Bernard. I think it's just that because I was playing those guys so much, I played very little Adams and almost no Boyd um, or, or any of the other Bengals receivers. So my problem was I didn't like those games enough to fully stack, and because mm-hmm. of that, I didn't want to overload by taking a running back and receiver from those games um so that that's what ended up hurting me
0: right well it is hard cuz you know each week is its own beast and and you do have to f- you know figure out how to like you said kind of make the right adjustments um i know one thing i did is instead of kind of hammering more of the late game or uh, even more devonte adams or i i i just really stuck with my i want to get kamara as much as possible and he could have he could have been much, much, but he had a great, he had a good game. He had a good real life yeah. game and it, it just could have been, could have been so much better. And that was really frustrating. So, um, so we're close. We are close. So let's look at week eight and the big storyline for week eight is weather already. You know what? November 1st, we're already talking weather, um, but we have at least three games that are very concerning as far as not just cold, but, sustained wins and that's when in daily fantasy you need to really look to see if you need to make some changes um or adjustments um when the winds are sustained and they are supposed to be um in a little bit in buffalo um for the buffalo new england game but a lot for um cleveland vegas and um green bay minnesota so next kind of general question it's you know it's an uh, you know, issue that daily fantasy players have to deal with kind of all of November and December on and off. How do you typically handle weather
1: decisions? Yeah. Um, you know, I think in general, you have to consider it. You have, I mean, we saw a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, that Kansas City-Buffalo Monday night game where, you know, I know Buffalo's offense has kind of lost themselves a little bit, but You would have thought that this would be a game um, that they put up a lot of points, but it's just kind of ugly, rainy, uh, and that wasn't even a big, windy type game, a little bit. Um, And again, you know, last week, Kansas City uh, with some snow uh, kind of limited their offense a lot, again, because their defense was just so good. So I think you can definitely bump up some of these defenses. Sure. makes maybe somebody who you didn't think is viable beforehand look more viable. Um you know, something like um, you know, maybe the Saints defense we just saw with the Rams in Chicago, maybe uh maybe Cleveland's defense uh um in, in that that game against the Raiders, uh maybe vice versa. I mean you you know I could see Packers
0: defense against
1: Yeah oh Kirk. Uh, absolutely. Um So, you know, the ball can definitely bounce weird in these types of games. So, um, you know, I think it helps that I don't think, especially with so many of them, this is probably going to limit scoring across the board. So Mm -hmm. I think you could still maybe hit a piece, but you probably don't want to stack any of these games just because overall scoring is going to be down. It's going to be really hard for three players from this game, two on one side, one on the other, or especially if you do like a, a super stack of three on one side, one uh, one coming back right. to get there. Um, and then I think it also, you have to be a little bit more price conscious. Uh, we'll get to it later, but in terms of Devonte Adams, you got to love him. I mean, when, when this guy's been healthy, he's been absolutely dominant, but you also have a situation of he's 8,800. And if he's not getting 35 points, he's probably not paying off for you Um, so you know you got to think is his upside that high and that that's a that's a real question
0: right and that's a shame because i the green bay and cleveland games were games i was interested in and i think you make a great point about first of all consider price and second of all consider you may want a piece but you certainly probably don't want to go to a full stack and again you know from what we've learned they they say not to overreact to you know rain or cold but unless it's very 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 frigid or sustained winds and we are looking at some sustained wind games though i will say i've noticed some you know if it's going to be a washout you know i know the washington has had a couple games recently where it's just a washout and you know those games seem hard to get there too so you know yeah. you do have to pay attention to to weather and um and oh the other thing i was going to say is We've learned to kind of watch Vegas line movement. If Vegas, you know, if Vegas knows best, I guess you can consider that. Then if the Vegas line is moving down, then that is something to take into consideration as well. So um, so now that we've kind of talked about the weather for week eight, now let's talk about some of your favorite stacks for week eight. So who are some of your favorite quarterbacks and and stacks for week eight?
1: So, you know, I'm starting at the, well, not the very top, but close to the top with Russ Wilson, Um, you know, on paper, you see that red opponent rank of three uh, looks bad, but Wilson's been so good, so efficient this year. And their defense is just so bad that you figure San Francisco is going to put up a few points and Seattle is going to have to throw and score. So uh, I really love Wilson, um, you know, coming off that really tough loss and they've had a, A ton of close games. I mean, Minnesota almost beat them. Um, Dallas, you know, that game could have gone either way. Uh, So New England game was the same situation. So you got to think that Wilson's got to be on his A game. And I do think San Francisco, their, their defense is playing well, but they've had a very easy schedule. A lot of really bad offenses this year, and that's made their defensive numbers look a lot better than I think they should be when you consider the injuries that they've had. Uh, if there's a team that's going to exploit those injuries, it's going to be the Seahawks and Russ Wilson. So I like Wilson. That's uh, who point. are you stacking with is a question because it seems like only one <laughs> of these receivers is getting there. But it could be both this week. Uh, Lockett's you know, coming off just an absolute monster game. Uh, but we've seen Medcalf put up some huge games. So um, I like either one. Obviously Lockett's a little cheaper, so that can help since you're already paying so much for Wilson. Uh, but that that's my favorite stack. Next on the list, uh, Justin Herbert. I mean, this rookie is playing out of his mind. He, he's just playing incredible football. He's showing a really good rushing uh, upside. Um, you know, it, it hasn't always been a lot of yards, uh, but he's got a couple touchdowns on this year, but he's running a couple times every game. It's not like he's not running. He, he's running at least three times every game, um, which is more than a lot of quarterbacks. So, He's also had multiple 30-yard games. Uh, Last three weeks, he's had three to four um, passing touchdowns. He's just looking really good in a situation where against Denver, um, Denver's defense is really banged up. So I like um, I like Herbert a lot. Uh, Keenan Allen and um, Hunter Henry are the two guys I'd I'd point to. You know, Mike Williams is very hit or miss. Sure. Um, And then. The other stack that I really like is uh, the one I missed out last week, and that's Joe Burrow. (laughs) Um, Look, we know that Joe Burrow is going to get sacked. We know he'll probably turn the ball over once, maybe twice. But in DFS, that doesn't really matter. Not when you're throwing for 300, not when you're throwing for three or four touchdowns. Um, You know, Burrow has good receivers. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, A.J. Green is not what he used to be, but he still moves the chains. Tyler Boyd and Higgins are playmakers um you know geos a solid option out of the backfield uh you know they, they can they can make some plays so um and Tennessee's defense is nothing
0: to be Tennessee's
1: of. defense has been picked apart this year they they've not <laughs> they've not had a a really great year um so and, and especially since with Mixon being out uh you know, Cincinnati just doesn't really have a chance to run on them. Bernard's not going to go out there and run for 100 yards. They're going to have to do it through the air. Right. So I like uh, Burrow as a cheaper stack option.
0: Absolutely, definitely agree with that. Well, let's move on to um, running back and some of um, your favorite core plays there. Who who are you looking at at running back this week?
1: So sticking with that game, my favorite play is Derrick <laughs> yeah, Henry. Um, of course, yeah. You know, I mean, this guy is. Incredible. I mean, even against Pittsburgh, (laughs) that defense, he put up uh, 15 fantasy points. I think you have a really good shot of him getting 30 to 40 again, which I know that's a high bar set. But uh, Cincinnati's, they just trade away defensive alignment and Carlos Dunlop. They're not a a good defense to begin with. Uh, Tennessee's likely to be ahead. And so Derrick Henry is going to get a lot of carries. They do not use their backup running backs. Um, even when they are ahead, uh, you know. So, I just think Derrick Henry is kind of a a lock must-play. I do think Alvin Kamara Mm -hmm. is in a good spot this week. I do worry that Chicago slows it down, but we have also seen Chicago play a lot of teams tough. I know they had an ugly island game against the Rams, but Chicago's played a lot of teams tough this year. Um, You know, Bucks, a handful of others, and... Saints' defense is bad. So I do think Chicago's offense can put up some points. uh, You know, if Allen Robinson is not there, that definitely hurts that outlook a little bit. But either way, I think Alvin Kamara, he got about 23 fantasy points last week without getting a 100-yard bonus, without getting a touchdown. You know, if he gets both of those things, uh, which he was not far away from the bonus, right, and gets a touchdown, I mean, that's the smash play last week. So um, he's got the potential for sure. In Kareem Hunt is a guy uh, I would consider from that <clears throat> ugly weather game. Uh, I do think Cleveland without Odell Beckham will rely on the run more. Um, you have another week without um, uh, without Nick Chubb, so you know this is a situation where with the weather the price isn't extremely too high. I mean, sixty nine hundred is higher for running backs, but uh, he's got a good enough floor that I think he's okay, um, but then you have to start going down. And this is a risky running back week, I'd say. Right. Um, you know, maybe Jamal Williams, but he was really priced up. So unless he, unless you really have a good feeling about him getting the bonus or him getting two touchdowns, it's going to be a little tougher for him to pay off. Uh, kind of same thing with Gio Bernard. Um, one that I do. Have an interest in. We'll have to see what they're saying about Tevin Coleman, but I do like Jared McKinnon in this game against Seattle. Um, they said last week his lack of usage, which I, you know, I wish Kyle would have uh, texted me ahead of time, <laughs> and told me because my four o'clock slate did not look near as good. Um, was you know they wanted to give him some rest. Um, well, why did they give him rest? They gave him rest for this game. Um, right. You know, this is a must-win for San Francisco. Sure. Um, I feel like uh, in, in in the toughest, by far, the toughest division in the NFC. So, uh, with you know, with multiple running back injuries, they're going to have to run McKinnon. I feel like, and uh, so I like him. And then, you know, the final <laughs> two running backs I'd mention is Miles Gaskin. You do have a rookie quarterback. I worry about the Dolphins' upside. Uh, But with a rookie quarterback, you got to think they try and dump it off a bit more to Gaskin, probably run him a little bit more. Um, Hopefully they get in the red zone, but it is a tough defensive matchup, so I don't like the matchup. If the matchup was a little easier, I'd be much higher on Gaskin at this price. And then finally, Le'Veon Bell. I think you got a couple things going here. I think uh, you have a situation where this game, Chiefs should obviously be up, so they're probably going to run more in general. And... They need to incorporate Bell in this offense. They got some big games coming up the next couple, uh, you know, next within the next few weeks. So this is the game you incorporate Bell in your offense and and really get him to know the full playbook and understand the full playbook. Uh, so you know he could see a, a bit more of a workload in a great matchup. And then finally, the revenge narrative. I mean, sure, you got yeah. think. Got to think if they get near the red zone, Bell is going to be uh, lobbying to get the. Did the ball so um you know if he gets one touchdown you're feeling you're feeling really good if he comes away with two touchdowns couple catches 60 yards you are having a great day at, at his price point so yeah because um, he's
0: what 46 48 yeah so yeah. You,
1: you know i think it, there's risk here of course but um he's about the best value i think we're going to find on the running back slate um
0: like you said, it's a risky running back week
1: just yeah, in
0: general, I think. And um, we wrote one more question about McKinnon. Um, do you find him to be obviously game script uh, independent or, um, with having being able to catch the ball out of the backfield? Like, obviously, they could be from playing from behind, I guess. Yeah,
1: right. uh, no, I, I think if they're playing from behind, that makes him a better option. Um, okay. Well, I think that's probably
0: going to yeah.
1: be what happens. No, I, I think it is. And I think, um, you yeah, know, I just think they'll have to throw to him right. more uh, in that case. But it, it is weird that they've not uh, – he had a couple weeks where he had a decent run. but And, and I know he missed so much time that they don't want to overwork him. But I just feel like this is the game you're saving them up for. Um, right. So. Well,
0: hopefully Tevin Coleman it takes another week off or <laughs> – um i think they activated him uh or he's off the ir but it to remains to be seen if he'll be activated for this game yeah uh, so that is something to pay attention to um any other thoughts on running back before we move on to receiver
1: um yeah no i don't think there's a lot of a lot of good pivots this week from the yeah. guys we talked about uh you know maybe Jonathan Taylor, it's just that's like such a slow-paced game. right? And he's been running better. His yards per carry have looked a lot better. Um, You know, early on in the year, they were looking terrible, but they are looking a lot better, which is nice. So maybe the breakout game's coming. Uh, In these last two weeks, he did see three and four targets, respectively. Because for a while there, when he took over the lead role, he was only getting one target. So it's just very... Inconsistent of what to expect from this guy. Um, this could be the game that puts it all together. We've seen a number of backs, uh, you know, get get there against Detroit, um, including Aaron Jones earlier in the year. But uh, this just likely such a slow-paced game at that price. I'm not a, human. but that would be one pivot I would consider, especially if we get even more concerns with some of these these weather games uh, like the Green Bay game, like the the Cleveland game and want to totally stay away from those teams, even their running situations.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Well, now let's talk about wide receiver. And as we're seeing in talking about the quarterbacks and running backs is, you know, I think we're going to have narrower player pools or core plays. So who are your core plays at wide receiver this week, Steve?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I get Devontae Adams and if the weather was nice i'd be all about Devonte adams but that right. price it takes him out of a core player for me i'll probably still sprinkle him once you know a couple right. times but i just can't make a guy that expensive in a game where the weather is likely to impact uh the passing game that much a core play mm-hmm. um so i am gonna lock and load the seattle receivers again like you know it's tough to say who it's gonna be i think either could get there uh they Potentially both could. Right. I also really like all three of the Cincinnati options. I mean, <laughs> I do too. I think, I think Boyd's the safest greens, the, the cheapest. And is, you know, the, that value upside potential. Um, so, it, you know, it's kind of tough where to go. I love Keenan Allen versus Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think that's a fantastic spot for him. And, um, I, I definitely want to get him in my lineup quite a bit. Um, uh, I think uh, another one from that Seattle game is Brandon Ayuk. I mean, we see mm-hmm. pretty much every, every week a receiver against Seattle just have an amazing game. In fact, a lot of weeks it's two receivers. And here's the thing with San Francisco. They don't have a second receiver right now. Uh, you know, it's
0: their tight end. Samuel,
1: Samuel's out. Uh, you know, They have Kittle. Seattle's been better against tight ends, though. I do think Kittle um, is – I mean, this is – I don't. I don't know if it's going to be the same as that Eagles week where he had, you know, 15 or 18 targets. But Kittle is going to get peppered with targets. Um, you know, I, I think. I think this is Brandon Ayuk. He's shown so much in his limited touches this year. Right. Uh, he's a big playability guy, and this is the defense where you want that. Um, so I, I like Ayuk, and while he got priced up a bit, 5,800 is extremely reasonable for what his upside is in this type of matchup.
0: I agree. We need to save some money um some places any lower priced receivers you like?
1: Oh boy, it's it's tough. Yeah. It gets pretty thin, especially with these weather situations now. Some of these guys are priced to a point where you can consider them but there's a risk. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Cleveland Raiders game is one that has especially you have the big playability of a Henry Ruggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he doesn't get, t- he hasn't been getting some targets. Even Nelson Aguilar has been like their number one guy. Um, so those are options. And then from the Cleveland side, I would not play Landry just because of price and his inefficiency this year, but Richard Higgins, I know he'll be fairly popular, but he's super cheap. <laughs> right. And and I think he allows you to do um, quite a bit to get some of these higher price guys. We mentioned AJ green already. Um, I definitely think he's worthy of playing. And, and even in the lineup where you already have another since the receiver, because if Burrow puts up another 350 yards and three touchdowns, you know, Green has not gotten a touchdown yet for his number of targets. That's shocking. Right. And, uh, you know, if he had a touchdown either of these last two weeks, even if he doesn't even get the bonus, he's just an incredible value at 4,500. Absolutely. So, um, but outside of that, it gets, it gets very thin quick, especially with all these weather situations. Um, you know, you, you could just point to a volume situation, like, say, somebody uh, like a Jerry Judy. His volume's been down these last couple of weeks, uh, but they're likely going to have to throw a lot against the Chargers. So right. maybe his volume spikes this week. Uh, but it's not a great matchup. I mean, Chargers have good corners. Their safeties are a little banged up, but they got good corners. You know, maybe, again, it's a weather situation. Maybe John Brown. Like, you're not going to pay up for digs, but John Brown is apparently finally healthy. Um, yeah, you know, maybe he gets there. But it's, you, you know, it's just, it's ugly uh, when you pay down uh, this week.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, it's, it's going to be a tough week. And I think, like I said, I think it's going to have kind of, we're going to have a narrow, uh, a more narrow player pool. And it's just going to be, you know, just uh, that line of construction and figuring out what's right. But the, the wrinkle of the weather definitely makes it challenging. Well, let's talk about tight end now. And and speaking of challenging, it would be pretty challenging considering all the players we named that we'd like to get Kelsey or Kittle in. Um, so of course in a vacuum they're, they're they could be great plays, but um, they're both really expensive. So, what tight end plays are you um, focusing on this week?
1: So, I will say just for one second, I don't know if I'll get up there, but George Kittle I do think is um, somebody worth playing given, given Seattle's overall defensive um, issues this year. Uh, I know they've been better versus tight ends, but a lot they've played some teams that don't utilize tight ends a lot Arizona, New England. Um, you know, like, I mean, Arizona, you know, I don't even know if they they throw their tight ends at all. Um, so Kittle is a guy we've seen in the weeks where he gets those 10 plus targets, he's had two really good weeks. So if you can maneuver around and get some money, that could be a, a play that, you know, where he kind of breaks the slate, especially if we don't see the monster receiver numbers we saw a week ago. Um. But other than that, I'm probably paying down. And for me, paying down, i probably go to Hunter Henry. And that's, you know, guys like Noah Fant, Jimmy Graham, Jared Cook could get there. But it's just, it's tough. Um, Hunter Henry, I think, is in just such a great situation. Uh, price down. Great match, you know, good matchup. His quarterback's playing great. Uh, I I really like him. There's some risk here. I think Jonu Smith is risky, but we just saw Cleveland's rookie tight end get two touchdowns against Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati's just been terrible against tight ends all year. So um, I don't love Jonu Smith in general, but I think it's playable this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think going back to uh, Cleveland's um, Bryant or uh, the Colts' Trey Burton, who two weeks ago had had a really big game, Sure. options if you're looking to save a little bit of money yeah, or save even some more money. <laughs> yeah. uh, neither are in great situations. Um, but this week, if the top doesn't get there, the top doesn't have the monster weeks, you know, they if those guys get you 12 points, you're going to be happy. Right.
0: Um, I know there was one other sneaky one that you could probably run back in the um, Chargers game. Talk about the Denver tight end situation. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, no fan is clearly a stud, clearly a great player, but they they drafted Alberto, um, not even <laughs> going to attempt try. the last name. No. Attempt last name out of respect for him. I, right. I've had my name mispronounced and uh, doesn't, doesn't deserve me to mispronounce his name. But these last two weeks, um, against New England, six targets last week against Kansas City, seven targets. Uh you know, Drew Locke's back, this passing game is better. I mean, Locke is young quarterback bouncing back from injury, missing his best receiver, Cam Sutton. So, you know, it's not a great passing situation, but it's good enough. And <clears throat> they're gonna need to likely throw a lot and since they are missing guys like Cam Sutton and since they're relying on some of these rookie and young receivers, I think we're gonna see a lot of two tight end formation from Denver going forward. Um, you know, Alberto also played with Block in college, so mm-hmm. uh, there's there's that narrative. I mean, Fant is the the you know the better guy there, but right, um, you know, but we, the savings
0: you get, before. yeah, the
1: savings you get here, uh, twenty eight hundred is is really nice in a week where you need savings.
0: Yes, that leads me to my next question. We didn't even talk about this, you know, because usually we talk about our process. some before we jump on the podcast, I usually don't do this because the upside tends to not be there for too tight end. Um, you know, tight end in the flex. Could this be a week where, so that you get the stud running backs and receivers and, you know, pairing with guys like Herbert and Wilson and, well, Burrow's a little cheaper? Could this be a week where we maybe get away with it potentially if you do like a Henry and Alberto in the same game or, you know, we well, could do Bryant and, um, you know, well, no, that's not the same game. Sorry. Um, you know, Bryant and Burton. I mean, just where two two tight ends, I mean, Bryant, I, gosh, he, I forget how many points he put up last week, but it was, I know it's risky, but are, are you interested in that at all?
1: Um, I would say probably not. If you're needing to save that much, I would rather do one of these cheap, cheaper tight ends, Alberto, Bryant, Burton, whoever the case may be as your tight end and then in the flex use a cheaper receiver like i mean i wouldn't play brian higgins together but somebody like that or Le'Veon bell at running back um you know some sub five guy because you know that's essentially what you're doing hunter henry's 42 a little less right most of these guys but you know if you play aj green at 45 i mean you know who's a better option aj green or hunter henry I mean, it could it go, Hunter Henry? Absolutely. But I think it's more likely you're going to say a j green. so right. Um, and there are, you know, some other named receivers. I mentioned guys like Mike Williams, John Brown, mm-hmm. um, you know, in that range. Um, you know, richard higgins in in which should be of the volume that he needs. I mean, you know, it's it's <laughs> not great and thin, but I mean, a guy like Adam Humphreys at 3800, you know, last week against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's a much better defense in the other. week, If you think Ryan Tannehill is going to do well in a great matchup against Cincinnati where Baker Mayfield just, you know, torched them for five touchdowns, uh, you know, against his three previous games, he had six, seven and six targets. And against Houston, Jacksonville, two very bad passing defenses. He caught touchdowns. So he had 18.4 and 15.8 fantasy points. So, um, you know, I would probably point to that if you feel you need to go down there uh, for those types of guys. Um, it's- sure.
0: You know, I get it. I just wanted to ask because we did point out that there was like a, you know, a handful, four or five cheap guys that we kind of liked.
1: Yeah. Um, one super cheap guy. Who, um, you know, I, um, I don't think I would play, uh, there, you know, there's some <clears throat> likely weather, con- little small weather concerns in the Kansas City Jets game, but Denzel Mims, um, mm-hmm. he had seven targets last week, big play guy, he could get there, he's 3,200, uh, you know, if you really need savings, they're gonna have to throw a lot you right. know, they're gonna you know he maybe could even see ten targets this week. He's a talented guy. he was drafted you know pretty high. Uh, they want to get him incorporated in the offense. He's just missed time due to injury, so um you know Crowder and him are the only two viable plays, and Crowder's banged up. so uh, yeah, you know it, that's ugly, but that would be <laughs> that would be a way to um. To get a cheap guy who, you know, it's just there. You're talking seven, eight targets where some of these tight ends might only get four or five, and right. probably very short targets. Uh, if they're if they're in the end zone, that's great. If not, then you're you might not even get ten points. So. Right.
0: Well, I know this question is kind of weird because we just talked about kind of how limited our player pool is. But are there any guys that you're um, that are higher own that you're looking to go underweight on or fade? Um, And then with the same idea, are there any kind of like tournament darts that you're like seeing like, whoa, their ownership is low. I got to jump onto this and take advantage.
1: So, um, you know, at running back. I will say, uh, you know, just looking at some ownership projections, I'm probably going to be very under on guys like Gio and Jamal Williams. I just feel like they get priced up to a point that makes it tough. I either find the extra money to get up to hunt Henry Kamara, which I know can be a big jump, or I go down to Gaskin or uh, you know Bell or somebody like that. Um, right? Yeah, like I like I even like Jonathan Taylor more than I like Jamal Williams and Bernard. And they're both a little cheaper than Jamal Taylor, but um, so that that's one I'd probably be down on. I'm also Dalvin Cook. I don't see myself playing. It at all in just a weather game, a game where they're likely behind, uh coming off injury. Yeah, I mean he's an extremely talented guy, but I'm just right. not not gonna invest that money in there. Um when it comes to receivers, high owned guys, like I said, I'm gonna be really underweight on Devonte Adams. Uh he's right now projected to be the highest owned receiver uh, maybe that changes with people with weather, but I think people I are going yeah. to look at it and say, you know, two games, he's been fully healthy. He's put up 40 DK points. I get it. <laughs> I get it. But I just, I mean, that's clearly not sustainable. And uh, I just don't think this they're really going to have to. So, um, but it is, you know, I mean, Green Bay is projected to score a fair number of points. So if I'm not playing Williams I'm not playing Adams, that, that is risky. I I, right. I absolutely get that. It's for me, it's a price consideration thing. I just think they're too expensive given the uh, price. So, that would be the receiver that I'm kind of down on. Just uh, and then I, I guess I'm not going to. They're not super high owned, but I'm just I'm not going to play Kenny Galladay or Tyree Kill. Um, I love Kenny Galladay is one of my favorite receivers in the league. I just hate that offense that he's in. Um, You know, Matt Patricia is just going to run Adrian Peterson 15 times, regardless of what the game says. Um, script says, regardless of the defensive matchup, they still won last week, but they probably should have thrown a lot more against Atlanta in their horrible passing defense. Uh, they probably would have won a lot earlier in the game Had they done that <laughs> um, and, and wouldn't have needed Todd Gurley To accidentally fall into the end zone To come back and and drive down To win But uh, and, and then when it comes to Tyreek Hill I just don't see the upside uh, You know They should likely be up They're probably going to run a little bit more Probably maybe even another defense touchdown I've seen a number against the Jets So far this year And I just don't see upside for Hill's price. Um, you know, 6700 is still pretty expensive. And if he's not getting you 30 points, you're probably not too happy with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, right. you need at least 28 at that point, if not 30. So I just don't see that kind of upside. He'll probably get you 20 points, uh, you know, but I, I just don't think you're going to get much more than that. As for some lower-owned guys sure, <clears throat> at these positions, that I would uh look at um you know bell might get over look if that's the case sign me up um <laughs> uh you know boy outside of um you know right now it's saying that McKinnon mckinnon's gonna be low owned i don't know how that ends up um, right lots, lots to figure out i don't think tevin coleman's gonna play this week i need to
0: i'd be surprised uh,
1: research that more so if he doesn't play i i I'm all about Jared McKinnon. So that'd be my, my lower own guy uh, there. But yeah, it's, I, I think this is a week where you kind of know who to play at running back for sure. Wide yeah. receiver is a little bit more open. Uh, I would point to, um, I mean, I, I just gave a super sleeper of Denzel Mims, but um, y- you know, like taking a shot at a guy like a Mike Williams, um, somebody like that for cheap. You know, he has the talent. You know, that offense should score a lot. I don't love it. I, again, I, I think I would go, I'd stick to a little bit more safety this week just because I think scoring's going to be down. And if you can find a game where you know there's going to be scoring, that's where I just want to target it, even if the ownership's a little higher, and just hope that you have the combo that differentiates it a little bit.
0: Right. I think that's a great point. Well, with that, any uh, kind of closing thoughts to this kind of crazy weather week eight?
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, maybe try and take advantage of the weather uh, when you see ownership. Um, if you see somebody's in a bad weather game, it's still highly owned when we get to, you know, Saturday night or Sunday morning when we mm-hmm. do the final projections take a stand i mean if you think Devonte adams isn't going to get there then and he's highly owned boy that that's a great way to differentiate your lineup if he's projected in 25 to 30 percent of lineups so right um I'll, and then from a defensive standpoint look i i get some of the chalk uh and some of its weather concern related guys like teams like the browns packers uh chiefs i get all those but you know what about the bills? Uh, we saw how bad New England looked a week ago. Um, right. You know that. You know maybe Pittsburgh uh, or Baltimore. I mean, both those defenses are talented. I think Pittsburgh. I'd like a little bit more. Uh, Lamar Jackson's taking a pretty high sack rate. I think he's almost at nine percent. Um. So you know you can pile in Pittsburgh. We've seen pile up the sack so. I would look at those types of options and maybe a weather situation that you normally wouldn't play, um, just because the weather makes it really tough for the the other team. So I just try and look for some edges there.
0: Yeah, I think there are some edges of defense. I really like the the Steelers call. I think Jackson has struggled under pressure, um, and obviously Steelers bring it at one of the highest rates and. And, you know, we saw Cam and the Patriots struggle, and now he has less weapons because Edelman is out. Nikhil Harry could be out. And um, your famous line he was, was throwing some worm burners last week. He was bounce passing um, yeah. pretty bad. So, and in the Buffalo game, could have some sustained wins itself. So, um, really liking the Buffalo defense. So, all right. Well, Steve, uh, we miss Brad. Brad, if you're listening, we miss you. Um, good luck in your week eight um, but Steve thanks for jumping on and talking with me and to all of you all out there um, may variance be on your side stay safe out there and good luck in week eight we'll see you next time